Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast and also the video. My name is Rick Thomas, and you're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. This is episode 409, and I'm glad that you're here. If you happen to be watching the video on our YouTube or Rumble channels, if you would, subscribe to those channels, and please share our content with all of your friends, and that would be fantastic. If you're listening by way of podcast, if you would subscribe to the podcast platform. I would really appreciate that. Again, this is episode 409. I'm going to try to delicately walk through a minefield as I discuss a a topic that has spilled out into Christendom. The title of this episode 409 is Why Julie Royce is a Dangerous Investigative Journalist. Again, thank you so much for joining me. Let's get right into this podcast. Julie Royce runs a ministry called The Royce Report. That is her website, and she titles herself as an investigative journalist that reports the truth and restores the church. That is her tagline. She is reporting the truth and restoring the church. Uh, From following her for a number of years, I would say that both of those claims are dubious as Christians on all points of the evangelical spectrum are anything but restored, and they are emotionally divided about Julie's perspective on the truth. Now, Julie has done some good work in her investigative journalistic history. Uh, She is one of the people that has uh, blogged about uh, James McDonnell and the abuse that was going on uh, at Harvest Church, and uh, she has uh, been quite outspoken for that, and for that we do appreciate her work uh, with uh, bringing down, honestly, bringing down James McDonnell. She's not the only one, uh, but she has certainly uh, done some work as far as investigating what was going on with that ministry. As she has continued to blog and to write articles, uh, she has has, uh, as of this date, I think like 47 or 48 uh, blog posts that are about John MacArthur, and that is what I want to talk about in this episode 409. That is the current and the ongoing centerpiece of her investigative activism. And so if you want to read the show notes, I would encourage you to do that. Go to episode 409. The title of it is, Why Julie Royce is a Dangerous Investigative Journalist. Now, I have a lot of links here in addition to the podcast that I'm building right now, as well as this video that I'm developing. But there's a lot of links that go outside of our website because there's a lot of information that if you want to do a deeper research of what I am bringing uh, to you in this video, in this podcast, then I would encourage you to go to episode 409 and you can look at all of those links in the show notes and you can click on them. I have YouTube videos and other websites that are connected because this is an important subject. This is not just about Julie Roy's and her investigation of John MacArthur, uh, but there are more things that I, re- I want to discuss in this episode as to why I titled it that she is a, a dangerous investigative journalist. Now, the question is, why am I weighing in on this controversy between John MacArthur and Julie Roy's? Well, the reason is, is because it's not a private matter. This is something that she 
she has made public. She has been tweeting about this, about John for many years and other folks as well. And then, of course, writing these articles. She has a YouTube uh, channel as well. And so this is not a private matter, not by a long shot. There have been many people who have weighed in on this across the evangelical spectrum. And I have a responsibility to my community to share perspectives on all things pertaining to life and godliness, because this is what I do. Uh, We have folks that do appreciate this ministry, and they do want my perspective on different topics, topics that affect us. And I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and because this one is leeching out all over Christendom, uh, it's really hard to avoid at this juncture, and so forth. And so, therefore, I want to attempt, and I want to do this with humility, uh, but I also don't want to cave to the cancel culture, regardless of which team that culture might be on. And, and one of the odd things about what's going on with this controversy is that there are so many different people from different aspects of Christendom that are involved here. Uh, and some of those are siding with each other when they would not ordinarily side with each other. And so I know that uh, this can be, and in fact it will be, offensive to many people, but I do want to speak honestly from my perspective, and I also want to do so with humility. Now, as I do that, I also want to uh, be fully disclosing as far as my background, my pedigree, so to speak. I am a graduate of the Master's University. I received a Master's in Biblical Counseling from the Master's University in uh, late uh, 2000. I think that's when I received my degree. But I would also say that I have not heard John uh, preach a sermon since I graduated from my program. I may have. I just don't recall hearing John uh, preach a message in the last 22 years because, quite frankly, I don't follow him. But one of the reasons that I I haven't heard him, and by the way, I don't listen to other preachers either uh, outside of my own pastors. I have two pastors. We have several pastors, but two primary preaching pastors. And it takes me all week to process the sermons that they develop. And so the sermons that my pastors preach to me on Sunday morning is more important to me than somebody else's pastor, whatever it is that they're teaching at that church. And so I can't say that I am a follower of John, that I have listened to his sermons. I haven't in uh, more than two decades. I did when I was there when I was going through the MABC program at the Masters University. I have also not read any of his books except for one, which was part of his program. I think it was titled The Vanishing Conscience, and so that too was more than 20 uh, years ago. I have also not attended any of the conferences. Uh, I think the Shepherd Conference is uh, the conference that they put on. They may be part of others as well, but I haven't attended any of those conferences, so I, I can't say that I am a follower, but I do want you to know where I graduated from. I am. I also do struggle with what uh, some people call a MacArthurite. Uh, that is a characterization, but there is a reason for the characterization. And my interaction with some of the people, not all, but some of the people that are associated with John MacArthur is that they are a kind of a brash and um, 
kind of uh, they're very they can be they can be quite harsh uh, in how they uh, communicate. Now, I am not attributing that necessarily to John MacArthur because I don't know John. I actually don't. I shook his hand when I got my degree, but that would be it. And I don't think he would know me from Adam's house cat. But I have had a lot of interaction with what people call MacArthurites, and I do understand why there is a characterization because they can be quite rude and quite harsh. But I would also say that I've interacted with many graduates from the Master's Seminary, which is different from the Master's University where I graduated from, and some of them are some of the most humble people that I've ever met in my life. And I think that's what you're going to find with any organization, and so I try to be careful about collectively stamping everybody that's a part of an organization as uh, being just like the worst aspects of that organization. But I did want you to know that I am a graduate of the Master's University 22 22 years ago. I am also a fellow with ACBC, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, but I have virtually no association with ACBC. I am an advocate of biblical counseling. I am. I love biblical counseling. That's what my training has been in. Uh, But for those of you who know me, know me well, you also know that I am a vocal critic of biblical counseling, and I would say that I am am the most vocal critic of biblical counseling who is associated with biblical counseling. I dare say there is not a fellow in ACBC who is more critical of biblical counseling than I am. Maybe there is, but I do not know one. Because I do struggle with biblical counseling in how it is being portrayed, not just portrayed, but how we do it and the training uh, that we do. And again, I'm not going to get into all of the reasons why I am a critique of biblical counseling, but I do have links here in these show notes in episode 409. And so I, I would like for you're welcome to listen to those podcasts if you want. In fact, the first one here is why most biblical counselors should not take on abuse cases. And the reason is because we do an awful job with it, and my primary concern with biblical counseling and ACBC specifically is that they have a one-size-fits-all program, meaning once you get certification, there's really no way of distinguishing good and bad counselors, and the false continuum is certification equals qualification, and that is absolutely not true. There are some horrible biblical counselors out there, but That said, I love biblical counseling. I love ACBC. I appreciate what they're trying to do. Uh, But again, whether it's MacArthurites or ACBC, I am not going to hold back uh, from trying to be as honest as I possibly can. And again, there's more articles here and podcasts that you can listen to as far as that is concerned. Now, what is the conference? controversy. Well, there are several, and one of the more recent articles that Julie wrote is about an abuse case, a situation that happened at John's church back around 2000. Now, I have a link here in episode 409, and you can read Julie's 
investigative journalism about uh, that case. You can read it for yourself. I'm not going to share that here uh, because that information is out there. And quite frankly, I think it would be quite redundant. And I also have other things that I want to talk about in this brief uh, podcast video that I am developing. Now, what I would also like for you to do is, is to, if you're going to do this deeper dive into this, I would like for you to take a look at the rebuttals of Julie's investigative journalism. And I have three YouTube videos here that are linked, and you can go right out to YouTube and you can listen to these rebuttals. And I think that you would find this it, it, it is interesting. And I would encourage you to do that because what happens too often is uh, that we hear one side of the perspective, but yet, and, and we we respond to that, but yet we haven't done a fuller investigation of the perspective, and thus we have an imbalanced approach. And so I have read uh, much on Julie's website. I have read many of her articles over the years, including this one about abuse, and I've also looked at the counter-argument. One of the best counter-arguments, by the way, is from a website called Protestia, and they ha actually give a timeline of the events that happened as far as this abuse case is concerned, and their timeline it seems to be accurate, and it's really different from the way Julie portrays it on her website and her article, uh, which is to me is really disturbing as how she uh, did that. Now, did MacArthur's team, his group, his leaders, uh, did they handle this abuse case perfectly? I don't think so, uh, but I think Julie has gone way too far in attributing. In fact, uh, it's really more about... You'll find that when you read Julie's uh, arguments in her articles, that it's really they are attacks about John MacArthur, and it seems to be less about truth uh, of discovering this abuse case as it is attacking one uh, individual. And so my concern here, as I read read this article and several others from Julie, is that there is something wrong here. We're just not talking about an objective journalist seeking merely to speak the truth in love while hoping to restore the church. That's not what is happening here. Now, some people will argue that truth divides because that's what Jesus said, right? He came to bring division, and that is true. Truth does divide, but that retort is really simplistic, and it's almost like it's a spiritual veneer that lacks the depth to cover something that anyone with biblical eyes can read. I do not have an axe to grind. I don't agree with, as I said, this caricature of MacArthur Wright's there is a reason for the caricature, and this is something that I think that those uh, people that are part of that camp should uh, self-reflect and address as to how uh, they deport themselves as far as their Christianity and the things that they believe and practice, and also with ACBC, as I, I mentioned, I, there are problems there. Uh, but there's something here with Julie Royce that is truly disturbing. Uh, she says that she is uh, speaking 
speaking the truth, sharing the truth, and restoring the church. But when you follow her, as I do, and you read her Twitter account, and you spend five minutes reading her Twitter account, and it doesn't have a restorative effect to it. In fact, it has a divisive effect, as well as her Facebook account. The word restore in the New Testament means kartetizo is the Greek word, and you'll find it showing up three places in the New Testament. It will be Mark 119, it'll be Galatians 6 1, and also uh, Hebrews 11 3. In Galatians 6 1, it says, Restore you who are spiritual, restore them in a spirit of gentleness, which I think should be the best description of what restore means in her tagline, but that is not how she goes about uh, restoring, and it's not restorative at all, and it's definitely not done in a spirit of gentleness. A cursory reading of the diverse Twitter post about this this most recent controversy, it does leave you wondering about Julie's motives and also her methods, but more significantly, what she is doing is astonishingly revelatory about her ongoing dysfunction and complexities. Now, let me, I just want to talk about that very briefly, because Julie has been unwittingly uh, transparent about some of the things in her life, and I think it gives us insight in to her methods and her motives and why her so-called investigative journalism is as it is. So who is Julie Royce? Well, Julie Royce is an egalitarian. Uh, she is a woke egalitarian who presents herself who, who, or who has presented herself as an evangelical conservative. But she's not an evangelical conservative. She is a woke egalitarian. It is very clear in her writing and in the way that she has communicated herself. She is a woke egalitarian, which means that she has a presupposition and a worldview. A presupposition is a lens through which we look, and it gives us an interpretation for how we are going to present the facts. I'm not saying that we should dismiss the facts, but we need to understand that our presupposition gives us an interpretation of the facts, and therefore we want to be very clear that we are looking at the facts in the most objective and biblical ways. But Julie is an egalitarian who is woke, and that does skew the facts that she is uh, presenting. For example, she is a supporter of Beth Moore. Many of you know Beth Moore, who is another woke individual and Anglican activist. She used to be a Southern Baptist, uh, but now she is a woke Anglican activist. And she's also very narcissistic. If you spent any amount of time, you spend five minutes on Beth Moore's Twitter account, and uh, she, she, she cannot stop talking about herself. I mean, that is what she does primarily, is that she's self-promoting. She talks about herself. She's not redemptive, but she has her camp, and she has her followers, and people love her. And similar to Julie Royce, I think Beth Moore started out okay 25 years ago, but she has definitely evolved, and she has been affected by uh, culture and politics, and it has affected her theology. Well, Julie Royce is a supporter and advocate of Beth 
anymore. Julie also uh, uses a woke Christian university, Judson University. Uh, what she has done is that she has connected with their 501c3 account. They're a nonprofit, the Christian organization. They have women preachers and other folks that come out uh, to their campus to speak and to do other things. And Julie has tied herself and supports, uh, promotes Judson University. And part of that is because she's using their 501c3 in order when folks donate to Julie's ministry, they can get a write-off through Judson's 501c3. She is awaiting to get her nonprofit status, which she may get sometime in the future. But my point here is not so much about how she is using it. It's actually legal. It is legal. You can use someone else's 501c3 as long as you have a similar mission. Uh, that is the legal stipulation. If you, have a sync, if you have a similar mission, you can use someone else's 501c3. Well, Justin University is a woke university. Julie is a, a woke blogger, and so they do have a similar mission. She's associated with Beth Moore, who is also an egalitarian woke individual as well. So that is who she is. And just like as I was doing the uh, reviews of the rise and fall of Mars Hill from Christianity Today. Yes, Mark Driscoll was doing some horrific things, but the presentation of that was from a also a a woke and liberal Christian organization. And so, two things can be right, two antithetical things can be right at the same time. And it's almost like you can't highlight the negative of something uh, because. You're dismissing the positive of something, and it's like, yeah, is is ACBC doing a good work? I think they are, but I also think there's some problems with it. Is John MacArthur doing some work? Well, there's good work, and there's no question that he has, uh, but then we have this MacArthur right thing. Can't we honestly talk about the positive and the negative? Is Julie Roy, she did some good work with James McDonald, but is there some? are there some negative things going on here too? Well, it's absolutely yes, but it, it seems like if you're not all in, then you're all out. In fact, I did a podcast two and a half years ago when John MacArthur told Beth Moore to go home, and I talked to Todd Friel about that, and I told Todd, I said, you set him up. Uh, that was wrong, and what he said was wrong, and all it did was galvanize your base while alienated uh, the people that we should be trying to uh, reach. But because I spoke out about John or Todd and John doing something wrong, then people are, are angry at me. It's like, and so I was asked by one of the national leaders, it says, oh, you believe in Beth Moore now. It's like, seriously, like, do you have a brain? No, I do not believe in Beth Moore, but can I critique my own group? Can I critique people that I align with in many ways? No, you can't. Uh, it seems like nobody will allow you to do that. And so here, it's like, yes, I would acknowledge that Julie Royce did some good work with James McDonald, but there are some things that are seriously wrong with what she has evolved to over the last uh, number of years. And so as far as the abuse is concerned, I do want you to hear the other side of that, and you can uh, get on those links here in episode 409. But there are some deeper issues that are going on with Julie 
Julie Royce that is really disturbing to me personally, and, and many other people have voiced that on Twitter and other places. She published a book in 2017 where she talked about where she was spiritually abusing a, a teenage girl who had same-sex attraction. Now, Julie was the youth leader in whatever church this was. She was in her mid-30s, and now she didn't say that she was spiritually abusing her. Actually, in the book, uh, she turned the narrative to where it was this girl that was manipulating her. But when you read chapters 2 and chapter 8, and there's a link here that you can go on to, and you can read chapters 2 and chapter 8 where she talks about this teenage girl. I'm not going to mention her name, even though it was a pseudonym, but uh, it is is very disturbing that— Here's the thing. Julie was writing about this. It happened many years ago, but she was writing about it in 2017. And in 2017, she still did not see uh, how she had twisted the narrative and made her a victim when in reality, she was the one that held all the cards. She was the one that was in power. And so, uh, she there was she talked about her fantasies with this girl and how the girl manipulated her according to Julie if you were to read chapters 2 and 8 of of Julie talking about uh, her relationship with this girl and just change the pronoun uh, from a he where Ju- if I, if I were to say that I was sleeping in bed and uh, this guy was sleeping in bed with me and then I woke up in a, a stark and realized that this guy was not in bed with me that I was dreaming about. It was just my uh, wife in bed and on and on and on. If 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 I had written that, uh, this would be like the most scathing abuse story in recent memory. If you just change the story, change Julie's story to a male instead of a female. It is a very disturbing account. Now, Julie has since taken the book off of her website, which I do appreciate, and she says that she's talking to the publishers about removing the book altogether, which I think that she should do. When people recently confronted her about the abuse, she actually denied it initially, but then later apologized and said that she was going to seek therapy. And while she was abusing this teen, she was already in or she had just gone through marriage counseling. I can't remember which one. And so she was already in trouble in her marriage. And now uh, she is in a spiritually abusive relationship, fantasizing about a teenager that is in her youth group. My concern for Julie is her ongoing dissonance in her mind between her actions and just plain common sense or what the Bible teaches, her inability to see, even as she was writing this in 2017, to see these things clearly, it raises concerns about her ability to do objective journalism that reports the truth and restores the church. That is my concern. Now, I am against abuse. There is no question that the church has done a horrible job investigating abuse situations, providing care for the victims, and bringing accountability to 
uh, to the perpetrators of abuse. There is no question. This is why I've wrote an article here or did a podcast here. Some biblical counselors need to stay away from abuse situations because they, they just stink at it. They just do not know what they are doing. Not just biblical counselors, but other people as well. Other people in the church, they do not know what they're doing. I'm not saying that everybody, but we have. Again, two things can be true at the same time. We can do a great job, and we can do a horrible job. And there's no question that we have done a horrible job, and many biblical counselors have. Also, but I hope that Julie, though, will get the help that she needs. Uh, and and my hope is is that she would step aside uh, from ministry because, quite frankly, in my view, based on what she has said, that she has a lot of internal dysfunction that is going on uh, in her soul. She has, and she's blind to it. And based on her responses to how. Uh, how people have brought these things to her, that there's still some blindness based on Julie's own omission of spiritual abusing this teen girl, that there is internal dysfunction and an inability to perceive the depth of these problems plus her faulty investigative reporting. And I and I think that if you do a deeper dive here in these rebuttals to her investigative reporting on this one case, you'll see that it is faulty. And so therefore, I I would just make a strong appeal for her to step aside from ministry, find the help that she needs, learn the truth about what is going on in her own soul, and find restoration for her own soul. We can't go out and be finding or, or investigating the truth and seeking to restore something when we can't see the truth ourselves and can't find restoration for our own souls. I think that there is a connection. I've been doing counseling for a quarter of a century now, and who we are as people impacts the very things that we do as individuals. And the thing that Julie is impacting is that it is not restoring the church and it is bringing division because it is skewing the truth but based on her own omission that is who she is as an individual i am not trying to be unkind i'm not trying to be harsh in any way uh, i just do not agree i do not agree with her theologically i do not agree with some of her cultural positions i do not agree with some of her investigative reporting and i'm deeply disturbed about her own interpretation of events that happened years ago that she put in her book in 2017. The title of this podcast and the video here, episode 409, Why Julie Royce is a Dangerous Investigative Journalist. Thank you for listening and watching. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.